Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Northridge Church. Happy New Year 2024. We made it. Anybody proud of the fact that we made it to 2024? <laughs> yeah, all right. We turned the corner. We made it. We got there. So good job. We are ready to go. So um, what if I told you that the best way to defend yourself is to go on the attack? Have you ever heard the phrase... Of the best defense is a good offense. How many of you have heard that before? Okay. Usually in military circles or in sports circles, right? Th those are usually where we've heard that phrase is the best defense is a good offense. Go on the attack and then they're going to have to be defense. Then you won't even have to play defense. Well, what if I were to tell you that the best way to guard against hopelessness, loneliness, Fear, doubt, worry, stress, brokenness, destruction, you name it. What if I were to tell you the best way to guard against those things is not to play defense, but to go on offense, to go on the attack? What if I were to tell you that? Would you believe me? Would you believe that that is true? Well, this series that we're starting today, I'm very excited about. I've heard a lot of you kind of excited about it with some trepidation I've heard uh, from some of you. You're like, I think I'm excited about it, but I'm not sure because I don't know what we're going to tackle. But this series is very simply called Killing What's Killing You. <laughs> Woo! Anybody really pumped for that one? The truth is, this is a really good series, but I will be honest with you. This is one of those series where we're going to have to talk about the things that you have to face. This is not stuff that's in theory maybe you should think about. This is the stuff that you and I, we face on a daily basis, on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis. This is the stuff that's hidden, the stuff that's there, the stuff that we don't want to admit. We have to be honest about killing what's killing us. And so that's what we're going to do, not for a sermon, but for an entire series. Yes. Welcome to 2024. We're going to try to take out what's trying to take you out. Okay? That's what the goal is of this series. And we're going to hit several topics. But the truth is, today is going to sound like an unlikely topic to start this series. It just is. When I just uh, kind of get you pumped up, you're like, we're going to go on the offensive, we're going to attack, and then you hear the topic for today, you're kind of going to be like, oh, that doesn't sound like an attack. But in reality, if we don't get this first one right, then we're not going to have the power, the motivation, the energy, and what we need to go on the attack. And so we had to start with the topic today. So what's killing you today? What's killing you today? Can I tell you what it is? And I'm ready for the groans. What's killing you today is lack of rest. I saw the eyes. Oh. I heard the chuckle. Huh. Mm. We're going there, are we? Lack of rest. Anybody know that you lack rest? I do. 
Man, I do. I am so, this was, can, can I just tell you, I, I've mentioned these things before. Sometimes when I know that God wants me to preach on something, I struggle way more with it that week going into when I have to preach on it than I ever do. Can I just tell you, I struggled more with rest this week than I have in a lot of weeks. I was like, and I already struggle with rest. I'm going to be honest. I'll be really transparent today. But rest, the lack of rest is killing us. It's killing you. And I want to dig into this. Now, we have a main scripture that I want to tackle today. And it's going to be really weird because this scripture does not, is not going to make any sense as to why we're talking about this scripture passage for the topic of rest. Because can I be honest with you? When I read this scripture passage, I'm going to read it and you're going to say, that passage didn't even talk about rest. It didn't even mention the word rest. It didn't even, Jesus isn't even saying anything about rest in that whole passage. And you're going to be right. You're right. He doesn't say anything about rest in there. And yet, if we look a little deeper, which we're going to do today, you're going to find out that it's all about rest. So let me give you the context. So Jesus is preaching a sermon in this context that I'm about to read. He's preaching a sermon. It's his most famous one. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. He's on the side of a mountain. There's a huge crowd of people. And Jesus is literally preaching a sermon. And he's, he's teaching this, this massive crowd of people. And at the beginning of this sermon, he talks about something that we all struggle with a little bit. And that is anger. Can I just understand anybody in here willing to admit at some point in your life throughout the week or throughout the day you struggle at some point with anger anybody willing to admit that here today okay I'm not alone thank you my arms up because I do too okay at times I've told you I thought I was patient and then I had children and I was like I am not patient I am an angry bitter person Jesus is talking about anger, and he says a statement that is really hard for us to take. He says, if you hate somebody, you are in sin. That's what he just got done saying. Jesus did not mince words when he preached, let me just tell you. Jesus says, if you hate somebody, if you were in conflict with somebody, you hate somebody, you're in sin. And then Jesus goes into an example, an illustration of what you need to do if you're in conflict with somebody. I want to read that part. That's where I'm going to go, okay? Again, Jesus is preaching. This is what he says right after he says, if you're in anger, you're in sin. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. If you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, let me, let me translate that for you today. If you show up at a gymnasium in the village center for Northridge Church and you're ready to worship God, that's literally what Jesus is saying. How they worshiped is they sacrificed at the altar. How we worship is we sing loud music. Okay? It's the same thing. We're worshiping. They worship by sacrificing at the temple. Okay? You're at the temple. You're worshiping. You're at Northridge. And you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person I'm just going to wait to see if anybody needs to head out for a minute. That would take some serious courage, wouldn't it? Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. First, go and be reconciled to that person. Then come back and worship God. Offer your sacrifice. Now, 
Again, this probably seems like a strange scripture and you say, that didn't talk about rest. I already told you it wouldn't talk about rest. Some of you might be thinking, well, you know what a really good passage for rest would be when Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and, and, and heavy and you know, burdened, and I will give you, what does he say? I will give you rest. You're like, man, that would have been a great scripture today. I agree, would have been. Or do you remember when Jesus said, take on my yoke? remember that he says take on my yoke for my my yoke is easy my burden is light and then he says this next phrase he says and I will give you what I will give you rest man that would have been a great one to preach on today but that's not what we're talking about today because sometimes I think we think of rest in terms of like sleep or sitting on the couch anybody else think of rest that way I do I would love, I'm not going to get to because we have games and stuff this afternoon, but I would love to just sit down and watch the Packers. Anybody enjoy cheering against the Bears more than watching the Packers? Okay, cool. There's a few of you. Cool. That's not the kind of rest we're talking about. We're talking about a deep level rest where everything is right in your life, or even though everything's not right in your life, you're still at peace. Hmm. Deep level rest has nothing to do with sleeping, has nothing to do with sitting, watching the Packers. And by the way, I've seen how some of you act. It wouldn't be restful to watch the Packers with you anyway. The truth is, I want to go back to that phrase that Jesus said. He said, if you're at the temple and you're presenting a sacrifice, and then he says this, and suddenly you remember you're in conflict with somebody. Somebody has something in you. wrong somebody. There's hatred there. There's conflict there. And then he says this phrase. It's going to be on the screen. Go and be reconciled to that person. I want to focus on this for a little bit. Now, just leave it up there for a little bit, Kelly. So... That word in the middle, reconciled. Most of us think we know what that means. Reconciled means, okay, we've patched it up. We're friends again, right? It's back to normal. That's not what it means. This word, we translate, remember, this is English. When Jesus was preaching, he was speaking in one of three languages. We actually don't know what language he was using. It's prob- he probably was using Aramaic. He was probably speaking in Aramaic, but we don't know for sure. He could have been speaking in Hebrew, very possible, less likely, or he could have been speaking in Greek. It's clear that Jesus knew all three, Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek. He was probably speaking Aramaic. It was recorded in the Bible originally, like the actual person who was writing this down recorded it in Greek. Okay, the common phrase is Greek. And so we made this English phrase from Greek words. Okay? The middle of this phrase, there's a Greek word, and the Greek word is dialasso. Okay? We're going we're gonna to put that up there so that you can kind of see this. This word, Greek word dialasso, just so you kind of know what it looks like. That's what, that's what it looks like, dialasso. Isn't that cool? You can, you can use these Greek words. By the way, I have a Greek word on my, on my wrist now after, after last week. Right? Dialasso means reconciliation, but... If you look at the two root words that create this Greek word, the two words that create this word mean this. The first word means through, and the second word means change. 
through change. Reconciled, how? How do you reconcile? Through change. That's the hard part. In other words, how you view that person has to change. How you treat that person has to change. How you think about that person, how you talk about that person, not just how you talk to the person, but how you talk about that person to your friend has to change. Reconciliation requires change. How many of you love change? I don't know about you, but I like not change because not change is easier because there's a way that I figured out to do things. That's why I don't like to change because I'm like, this way makes sense. And so I'd prefer not to change it. And what we know from Dioloso is it, Jesus is not just saying reconcile, like go back and be friends. That's not what he's saying. He's saying on a deep level, what I need you to do is leave the sacrifice at the altar and then I need you to go change. I need you to be open to, God says, to me shifting some things in you and how you operate, especially toward this person. You're going to reconcile, but it's going to require change. Now, out of this phrase and out of these statements, I want to give you two points today. Very, very simple. Because some of you are still sitting here going, I still don't know what this has to do with rest. Is that where some of you are? You're like, I still don't know what we're doing. <laughs> That's okay. I want to give you two points today, and they both pertain to rest. The first one's not going to make as much sense until we get into it. Point number one that Jesus, I believe, is making to us about things that need to happen in our life, two simple words, change now. If you get nothing else out of today, my encouragement to you is when you walk out of here today, you can we just be transparent for a minute? You already walked in this morning knowing what you need to change. I know that. You know that. God knows that. And I know we'd like to admit that we don't need to change anything because we're perfect. I get that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty close to, I, I get that. But if we're going to just be, you know, if we're going to tweak some things, there's a few things. Let's be honest, we know there are things that we should be doing better, things that we should be doing, things that we shouldn't be doing, and we know there's things to change in how we're operating, how we're treating people, how we're, how we're living life. We know that there's things to change. And my encouragement to you is what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, don't worry about all this other stuff. Leave that for a moment and go change what needs to be changed. Go take care of it now, today, right now. Call them. You've been at odds with this person for 27 years. Call them. Oh, that's hard because that requires change, doesn't it? Some of you are thinking of a person right now and just thinking about talking to that person is making you sick right now. Change now is hard. Change later, in theory, this is a good idea. Thank you, Brent, for the idea. So in 17 more years, I might do that. Because that's easier. It's in the future. How many of you, 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 know, you know what I'm really good at? 
My wife knows this. She can't stand this. I'm a good procrastinator. And you know what I procrastinate on? Things that I don't like. I do. I procrastinate on that stuff all the time. I do the things I like. Now I'm opposite when I'm eating. I, I always eat the things that I don't like first. And then I leave the best one for last. So I, I do really well at that. But when anything else in life, it's something that I like to do. I'm like, oh, I'm doing that. And then I'm going to do that. And then I'm like, and I'm like uh, I'll do that tomorrow. Anybody else put it on the to-do list for the next day? Simply because you don't want to do it? Yeah, that's how I am. Because we push it off. And my suggestion is change now. Why? Let's talk about rest for a minute. There's a lot of us in here that the lack of rest is killing you. My suggestion is change now. Do something about it now. Don't wait. Do something about it today. Um, so this hit me really hard, actually. This, I think it was this last week, maybe it was the week before. Uh, I saw this post from uh, a guy named Colby Colgan. I don't even follow him, but it just, you know, you know how social media just throws suggestions at you every now and then? And this guy was like, huh, I've never heard of him. Hundreds of thousands of people follow him. Cool. So Colby Colgan is his name. And he posted something about a battery. And I want to show it to you because it's powerful. When you see this, it's going to remind you of something that you probably realize you should have been doing your whole life. It's very simple, but man, it just hit me in the middle of the chest. Let's show it to you. Here's what he, here's what he posted. Ooh, ouch. Now, let me call up a thought in the room. If you're like me, okay, if you're like me, if you're like me, then you know yellow battery people that have to rest in the yellow battery people, that's weak sauce. No, I'm serious. Like, for me, I don't slow down until I have to slow down. Any, anybody with me on this? I don't slow down until I have to. I, I, I'm all go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Work, 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 hammer, hammer, hammer. And then when I am absolutely spent, I've got nothing left in the tank, I'm like, I'm done. Here's the problem with that. I have that mentality. I'm telling you, I struggle with that. My family could tell you that. The problem with that is this. If you're living a lot of your life in the yellow and in the red, here's the truth. You don't have the full battery power that you're giving to all of life. Therefore, what you're doing by default, subconsciously probably, is you're choosing who gets the energy and who doesn't. I know we don't like that. And my question to you is, if you're living in the yellow and the red, who and what is getting the energy and who's getting the empty? I'm not going to fill that blank in for you because everybody's different, but I'm serious. Who's getting the empty side of the battery? Somebody is, if you're living there. And the truth is, I probably spend a good portion of my life in a half to low battery status mode. Because that's just how I'm wired. I always push to the very limits. I'm the guy that when we're taking a family trip, I'm like, we're going to get there as fast as we possibly can. Okay, guys, we're going to stop. We're getting food. 
yes, you can go to the bathroom, but it's got to be in like two minutes and 15 seconds. And then if you want something, you better have it in hand because I'm going to buy it. And then we're back out and we're on the road. Okay, it's not that bad, but it's close. My wife can tell you. <laughs> I, I, I'm the one that pushed in South Dakota. The, the tank is literally, the needle is on E. And I'm going, man, I think we can make it. You do not do this in South Dakota. It's a bad choice. And in South Dakota, you know what happens a lot of times? The, they say the, the gas station is next to the interstate. <laughs> in that case, that means miles sometimes. We got off. We, I kid you not, we barely, it was one of these, you get off and you have to circle around and then you have to U-turn back to the thing. We barely made it. Why? Because I pushed to the edge all the time. I just, it's in my personality. And what if we stopped and rested when we knew we were about to break instead of when we do? How much destruction could we avoid? Do this now. Because what is paying the price? Did you know that rest is not just for you? Rest is really important for you, but rest is for all those around you. Let me just ask you this. Have you known somebody in your family or in your life who you knew they were treating you a certain way simply because they hadn't rested? They were not at peace. Anybody? I bet you've experienced that, haven't you? What if we took that out of the equation and we rested when we actually needed to? Now, let me get just really ultra practical for just like five minutes, okay? Really practical. This has all been theory up to this point. Okay, this same guy who posted that picture of the batteries, which I thought was phenomenal, just obviously I showed it to you guys. He also posted seven types of rest that he has now committed to for this next year, this Colby Colgan guy. Okay, and uh, I just thought that the list was pretty concise, very simple, very brilliant. And so I added my own thoughts to it. I kept the list the same, so I got it from him, but I just added my own thoughts to it. So I'm going to go through them one by one, uh, just Case in point, if you want to capture these, I would suggest getting your phone out and just, there's seven of them, so when we get to seven, then snap a picture, because I'm going to go fast, okay? All right, number one, Other, you're just going to be frustrated if you have to write it down, that's what I'm saying, okay? Uh, okay, the first one is physical rest. Physical rest is obvious. This is when we, we need sleep, we need to shut down, we need exercise, a lot of people don't tie exercise to rest. Let me just tell you, if you're not actively fit, then your body can't rest. I know it seems counterintuitive, but it's true. And so you've got to work your body so that when you are resting, your body can actually heal and do what it's supposed to do. Okay? Okay. Physical rest. Mental rest. I, I could spend like a whole sermon on each one of these, right? Mental rest. Mindfulness. What are your, to your toxic, your negative thoughts on a daily basis? Some of you, you're, you're very aware of those. Some of you, you're not. You think so poorly about yourself. You think you've never been worthy. You've, you're still sitting right here. You think you're not worthy of anything. And that thought is constant in your brain. And so it causes you to act and do certain things. Let me just say, we've got to rest. We've got to learn and figure out truth in our life. And you know the one thing, the best way to attack the wrong thoughts? Prayer. Pray about it. 
there was a time in my life, I still have struggle with thoughts that I shouldn't have, but there was a time in my life when I really, really struggled with that. Mostly in, as a teenager, college, and a little bit after college. And, and so I would pray, I've told a lot of people this one-on-one, uh, -on -one. I've never said this out loud, but I would pray out loud and I would say, Jesus, in your name, get rid of those thoughts. Take them away from me. I want nothing to do with them. Satan, you have no business in my head. I would say those kind of things. Now, some of you might think that's weird, but that's what worked for me because the thoughts would just consume and then I'd be stuck. We need mental rest, social rest. Um, time, you, you need to, can I, this is very simple. Find people that bring you energy and spend time with them and the people that suck energy away from you, please avoid them. In the name of Jesus and by the love of Jesus. <laughs> but seriously, I think we as followers of Jesus sometimes, we're like, we need to love all people. Yes, you do. That doesn't mean you need to spend all of your days with those people though because they're going to drive you crazy. You need to love all people. You don't need to like all people. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I'm not. <laughs> I've said that to Laura a few times. I'm like, um, so we will love them, but no. You need social rest. People that bring you energy, that build you up, that tell you the truth. Be around those people. The people that don't, stay away from them. They're poison. They're poison in your life. Okay, spiritual rest. This is obvious. Get engaged in your church. You need prayer in your life. Get God's word into your life. Open the Bible. Leave it open somewhere where you have to face it and you're gonna read it and you're gonna look at it and you're gonna learn it. Get spiritual rest. Get involved in a life group. Get involved in community and faith. You need spiritual rest and healing. We all do. Okay. Sensory rest. This is really simple. Turn the screen off. Did you know doctors have figured this out? Phones, TV, just about any screen you can imagine, computer, um, what it does to your brain is it's like shooting dopamine and caffeine into your brain constantly. And it's just firing like crazy. It's like your brain is running a sprint over and over and over and over and over again. That's why we, that's why we do it. We turn it on and our brain, like we feel like our brain shuts down, but we're watching the things go. Have you ever watched a Marvel movie? Oh, we love each other. It's like constant, and your brain's just going. I mean, you're sitting there. You know, this is what you look like on the outside. Your brain is going. I don't know if that's the technical term, but anyway, that's what it's doing. You're going crazy. And then. We try to go to sleep and then we try to rest and then we try to shut down for a little bit and we can't. You know why? Because your brain's still going blah, 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 blah. And you're like, why am I so tired? Why? And then we get up the next morning and we're like, why am I so tired? And then we do it the next morning and we're like, why am I so tired? And the reason is because the screens are sucking us dry. Guys, listen. I have one. 
It's in my pocket. I'm literally preaching with it right here. I've got a TV at home. I've got more than one at home. We turn them on. We use them. I'm not saying they're sinful and they're evil. I'm just saying you need to turn them off way more than you do. If it's on all the time, it's killing you. Yes? It's killing you. Okay. Can you tell I'm passionate about that one? Emotional rest. You've got to find people that are going to tell you the truth and love you for absolutely who you are. In this same vein, counselors. Can we break the stigma of counselors? Counselors are not when you break. Counselors are there for you so that you don't break. Hello. We need to change the mindset about people we're talking to on a professional level. And, and by the way, it doesn't even have, professional counselors are great, but it could just be somebody that's going to tell you the truth and give you advice, strong advice, and, and, and be honest with you and love you. And, but they're also gonna, they're gonna make sure to tell you the truth. Talk to those people now, not when you break. It'll save you from breaking. Okay, last one. Creative rest. Oh, we don't think about this. But you've got, what do you love to do? What do you love to do? See, we hit number seven. See all the phones there? There we are. Screens. Let's go. Let's get it. Hey, creative rest. But seriously, you know what it is for me? It's hiking. It's, being, it's climbing a mountain. It's not even camping. I used to think it was camping. Camping just gets me close to what I actually love, and that is climbing mountains. I realize that I like camping simply because it makes it possible. I love climbing mountains. That's specifically what it is, hiking and climbing something. That is everything for me. You know what? I've taken people, and some people, they love it too, and some people are like, this is awful. That's okay. You don't have to love it. Some of you love reading books. Good. Some of you love listening to Elvis. Do it. Not for me, but cool. If that gives you rest, you know, good. Do it on a regular basis. Don't sacrifice your family. Don't sacrifice your faith. Don't sacrifice other things for hobbies. Don't do that. But make sure it's a regular part of your life. Rest. Change now. We need to change now. Okay. I could spend a long time on that. We got to keep going. Okay. So the first point, change now. Jesus is saying, be urgent about it. If you need to reconcile, if you need rest, if you need to do whatever you need to do, do it now. Don't wait. Stop waiting. The best thing you can do is you're going to walk out and you're going to make a commitment. I'll tell you one of my commitments at the end here, okay, that I've made. I'm changing now. Change now. The second point that I think Jesus is making to all of us is peace gives rest. You want rest? You need peace. A lot of us are not able to rest because we have no peace. And by the way, I'm not talking about quiet household. Some of you are like, oh yeah, peace would be good. Like nobody in the house, that would be good. That's, that can be peaceful. Trust me, I've, I've enjoyed those moments at times when I find them. Doesn't exist usually, but okay. But I'm talking about everything's right with you and God and other people because as much as you're able, no, you can't control other people, but as much as you are able, 
you have forgiven, you've apologized, you've gotten where you need to be so that you're reconciled with God and you're reconciled with other people. By the way, the cross, God, people. Simple. If you want to be at rest, you need peace. This is why, remember when the Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians? He says this, he says, and don't, let, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now, we could take this literally, like, don't go to bed angry. That's what a lot of people do. Or you can take it figuratively, like, don't let anger sit in your life for a very long time. What I would suggest is taking this both of those ways. Uh, Laura and I, can I just be honest with you? There are many times Laura and I have had to stay up late, too late at night, talking and hashing through something because there was anger. And we were not going to go to bed until we solved it. Let's be honest, some of those times is because Brent said something stupid. I'm being honest, it's true. Not all the time, please understand, not all the time, but sometimes it's because Brent said something stupid. Okay? And then we spend a couple hours working through that dumb thing that I said and, and apologizing and kind of getting there. And then when we go to bed, we're good. So we take this both literally and figuratively. Don't let anger sit in your life. Do these things now because why? Peace gives you what? Rest. Peace leads to rest. Now, let me just ask you this question. Do you believe rest is available to you? Do you believe that? Do you believe that you can actually rest in this world, in this culture, in this life? Because I don't know about you, but this life tends to go at a fast pace. Right? It's like the moment we get up to the moment we lay down is bam, 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 bam. Do you believe that there is a wealth, a treasure trove of rest that is available to you? Do you believe that? I believe that it is. Let me try to illustrate that. So um, I want to show you this picture. I, I grew up seeing this uh, old green Stanley thermos. Does it, anybody else have this in their past, like in their life? Okay, there's a several of you are like, yeah, I remember that. So I had to check with my mom to be this, make sure this was true. But my dad would take this and he would fill it with coffee. And this was like what he took to work, right? Now, I didn't know this, but William Stanley created this thermos back in 1913. Okay. He patented it because it was a new, brand new thing. It was a vacuum-sealed steel container. Now, there were vacuum-sealed containers already in 1913, but they were all made of, get this, glass. And so guys going to work, just imagine going to the work site, you know? They're building a skyscraper. They're like, hey, I got my third. Oh, coffee everywhere. Glass doesn't work too well. And so William Stanley said, I'm going to make a steel container that's also vacuum sealed. It's got a lid. You can actually pull it out. It's a cup. Ah, how cool is that? And you can pour it in there. You can drink from it. And it's all set. It was like the Yeti of its day. That's what it was. The old Stanley was the Yeti of its day. 1913. Now, this is what's really cool. In the last four years, something happened. 
I don't know if you know this. So the Stanley Company up to like four years ago was making about $75 million per year. That's not bad. It's not bad. $75 million per year annually. You know what? This last year, what they are forecasted to make, I didn't look up the actual numbers, but they forecasted to make $750 million. Just so that we're clear, that's an increase of 900%. It's a lot in four years. They went from $75 million to $750 million. Now, the question I have for you is this. What? It's a 110-years-old company, 1913. This is 2024, over 110 years. What happened? You know what happened? This happened. Hey, my Stanley. How many of you have seen these? I've already seen two or three this morning, including the one that I got my wife for Christmas. Yes, I'm a good husband just so that we're clear. Okay, what Stanley did is, catch this, this is amazing. I didn't, I didn't, had no clue about this until I started looking into this. You know what they did at the Stanley Company? They did something very, very simple. Remember that old green thermos that I saw? Okay, that's what it looked like. No, I kid you not. That's what it looked like. They flipped it over so it fits into into like cups thing and then they started changing colors so that ladies are like ooh I like Stanley now I'm gonna drink out of that ooh I can get it in pastel colors yes please all of a sudden Stanley went from 75 million per year to 750 million per year because everybody has to have one of these some of you are like I hate that some of you are like I love my Stanley great okay whatever it is okay but let me ask you this question you know what what happened to Stanley you know what they did it used to look like this they simply flipped it on its head simple change add a few colors that's it that's all they did made the handle a little bit better simple change flipped it on its head made all the difference let me ask you this question. What could make all the difference in your life? What do you need to flip on its head? What do you need to change? Where are you lacking rest? I told you I was going to mention what I've done. Um, there's a few things. Um, but one thing, I haven't even told my family this. They don't know this verbally, but they've seen that I've made this change. Um, but my phone, I don't know if the rest of you are the same. And if you remember, two years ago I tried to do this. It didn't work. And so I've, I've gone back to the drawing board and I've tried it. Now, now I'm doing it again. But uh, I have a little charger next to my bed where I set my phone. Okay? I'm guessing most of us do the same thing. That wireless charger, the one that sits so it faces you, because we have to always be able to see our phone. My phone. Now I can sleep. My phone's right here. It's charging. That's, that's where my phone's always been since I've had a smartphone. It just charges. It's right next to my bed. And by the way, is it not the easiest thing to just set like four different alarms on my phone so I don't have to hit a snooze button? I just set four alarms and then it just keeps going off and it goes off again and then there's another one and I'm like, okay, I'll get up. 
That's why we like our smartphone, because it's the easiest thing to use. Here's the problem. As soon as I get up, what's the first thing I look at? I look at my phone. And what's on my phone? Messages, texts, stupid app games that I have that tells me I have to collect my coins. No, I don't enable notifications because those things annoy me, but okay, you get what I'm saying. Everything that has been happening for the last five, six, seven, eight hours is now in front of my face and I could, and all of a sudden, all, I don't even have to try. All of a sudden I'm like, okay, do that, swipe out, do this, whatever, clean up the phone and then all of a sudden, by, by default, I end up on email and I'm like, oh, 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 I got to deal with this. And all of a sudden, by seven o'clock in the morning, my heart and my mind is going. <laughs> I'm guessing some of you are the same. So my commitment now is I'm going to start my day without my phone. I'm going to end my day without my phone. I have replaced it with an, it's a nice new digital clock, but it looks like a regular alarm clock. By the way, two nights ago, it was way too bright. I was like, how do I turn this down? It's just shining in my face. It's like, oh, I hate this change. So I've, I figured it out this morning how to turn it down. I'm going to start my day without this thing in front of my face. I'm going to end my day without it in front of my face. And I know it's going to increase my rest and my peace because I know what it does to me. What is a change that you know could bring you closer to God, closer to somebody else in your life, your family, your spouse, and just give you rest? What's the change that you can make? that you need to make today. What's killing you? I would suggest killing it first. And then let's live the way that we were designed. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for offering us rest. But the truth is that your invitation of rest tends to be lost in the busyness and the screens and all the other things that we just, we give ourselves to. So in this next few moments, as we sing our final song and as we just seek to solidify whatever that change is that we need to make, I pray that you would speak to us boldly, clearly, that we would hear you, that we'd listen to you, that we'd follow you. Because this world offers and promises all kinds of things and yet, when we're done with what this world offers, we're left empty. But when we take what you have to offer, we leave full. Full of everything that's good. And so, Lord, help us to rest in you. Help us to rest in the ways that you've called us to. So that instead of walking around and living empty lives, 
we can live full. Full of truth, full of love, full of who you are. Help us to be still in your presence in these next few moments. We pray and ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.